0: Welcome to the Ordinary Pastor Podcast with Jeff Perswell, a podcast to help pastors connect theology to local church life. And now here is Jeff with your host, Mickey Connolly.
1: Hey, this is Mickey, and we're um, doing our Ordinary Pastor Podcast with Jeff uh, this month. So Jeff, thanks again for being with us and serving our pastors in this way. Uh, We've gotten great feedback on um, your podcasts, and so thanks for it's a joy to do being willing to do this. You know, this.
0: I, I love the intro you give, there's no like professional voiceover, it's just hey, it's Mickey, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're, we're a family. clearly for our guys, which, yeah, oh, yeah, we're which, a family, which I love. Um, well, I'm really excited about this one 20, 20th year of Pastor's College this year, and um. I, I, I am among the biggest pastors college fans in Sovereign Grace, and so I, I have to start. Appreciate that. Just by thanking you for all you've done, the heart you've brought to Pastors College, the your, it's not just your love for the theology and the biblical studies, but your love for these men. Mm and your love for the local church, it, it just so communicates and has set such a tone for Pastors College. So humanly speaking, Pastors College is what it is because of you. So thank you for your you. contributions uh, to what has made a huge, and I, I don't have the right vocabulary to say, contribution to sovereign grace. Mm uh over the years so i have to start uh by by thanking you no,
0: very kind of you nothing but a privilege for me
1: i'm not sure people know the story of how jeff perswell ended up um as the dean of pastor's college so walk us through your story tell tell us mm. <laughs> um, how how you got here how this all started
0: well that is a long story I will try. to. It's too long for a podcast. Um, maybe a few highlights I could mention.
1: You know what? I haven't started the timer, so um, actually, we're fine.
0: Good. <laughs> we just bought a couple more minutes. Yeah. No, but I had actually been in a Summer Grace church, PDI at the time, uh, beginning in 1988 uh, with a church plant in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I, I left there... With the encouragement of the pastors in 1994 uh, to move to Chicago to go to seminary, where I went to Trinity there. And in my final year, uh, I received a call from a woman named Nora Earls, who I didn't know who Nora was at the time, (laughs) CJ's assistant at the time, and now a very dear friend. Uh, But she called and said that he wanted to, to come visit us in Chicago. Did you know Um,
1: CJ at the time? I did not. No. okay. I did not know CJ. So this would have been the first time you met him.
0: I might have met him ever so briefly at a celebration conference.
1: Okay.
0: Thank you for your message type meeting. (laughs) Okay. Um, But uh, no, I did not know him. And so that was was quite a surprise. Why he wanted to come, I truly didn't know. Um, But... He came, which was incredibly gracious of him. Uh, and as a result of that visit, he came and spent a couple of days, two or three days, with us, uh, Julie and myself, in Chicago, and uh, just had a blast. I took him to classes and uh, arranged a couple of lunches. We ate with Don Carson. We ate with Wayne Grudem. Uh, took him to one of my cor- one of my classes with. If I remember right, I think it was Axe Paul with uh, with Dr. Carson, and uh, we just had a really great time. And it was very moving. He it, it was it was very relational. He just wanted to learn about me and experience my life. In fact, during a dinner, I think I had excused myself for a moment, and I think. My wife, Julie, asked him, so, C.J., why are, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because we truly didn't know. Uh-huh. It, it, it was that st- strange yeah. uh, to us. And, but in his uh, typically generous and kind way, he, uh, his answer was, well, I, um, I want to explore the possibility of working with your husband. And, and if that doesn't work out, I just want to know how to pray for him. And uh, so it's very, very moving for me to even think about that.
1: What were you you thinking about doing? Were you thinking about, after seminary, what what were you thinking before this interposed?
0: Well, that's a good question, um, because it's especially when it comes time to the decision about whether to Uh, accept CJ's offer to lead the Pastors College because my plans were uh, I I had to do an internship to finish my program at Trinity. And so while he was there, uh, as a result of that visit, he invited me to do an internship at Covenant Life. And so we moved from Chicago to Maryland to do that internship. And it was about halfway through that internship, uh, I could I remember the restaurant. CJ pushed a piece of paper across the table um, that had a job description for for leading the pastor's college. I don't remember the exact title um, at the time, but that was a decisive moment because I had been preparing to pursue doctoral work in the UK. In fact, um, that was what I thought was my next step. Uh, I would have loved to, uh, well, I was planning to do that, and then... um, I don't know how obviously one, one can't plan one's life fully. But in my mind, I sort of pictured a Peter O'Brien track. You, you do that and then do theological education overseas. So maybe teaching a seminary in Africa or India and then come back, uh, get a job at a seminary and write commentaries. That's sort of what
1: mm-hmm.
0: big picture what I thought I uh, I wanted to do. Um, so that a was a dis- loss to sovereign. That was that would have been. Well, I don't know. But that was uh, that was a decisive uh, moment. Uh, because I knew this represented a very different road. and um, But a number of factors uh, weighed heavily in that decision uh, that we prayed long about and considered. I, I'd long had a burden for the local church. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I had written C.J. a, a letter many years ago. It was in 1985, actually, asking him to plant a church in Atlanta, Georgia, because I had heard some tapes of him and I might have I think I heard him once at a conference Um, so I was informed when that church was Planted in 1988, so I was there, sort of waiting on it. Um, so I, I had very similar burdens for the local church, and along with that, I had a vision of training closely connected to the local church. And and at Covenant Life, the pastor's college was in its first year, some, something of an experimental year. Um, and, but here was a model that was just started, but it was it was uh, you know asking to be uh, developed. Um, it, but really, it, in all honesty, in the four months that we had been at the church, uh, we were on a personal level. Um, it was it was on a personal level that the most decisive things were happening. I mean, we were experiencing local church life in a way I never had. Um, I'd been in you know some wonderful churches, but this local church was well. It was it was the the healthiest. It was the most vibrant church. Uh, I had ever seen. Ministry was biblically driven. Ministry was theologically informed. Uh, The church was relationally rich. It was marked by joy and passion for the Savior. It was Mm -hmm. gospel-centered before that became a thing in American (laughs) evangelicalism. And then we were led. uh, So I was participating with the pastoral team. We were led by CJ. It was a team like nothing I'd ever experienced. Pastors weren't colleagues, uh, professionals. They were brothers and friends, so relationally it was just rich. There was such integrity in the pursuit of pastoring God's people. Uh, they were not just running the machinery of church. They were really pastoring. That just blew me away. These pastors pastor. That's what they're about. Mm-hmm. Um, and the team was serious about theology. It was serious about holiness. It was serious about joy. It was serious about laboring together. That was, it had just sort of rocked my my world in some very significant ways. And then personally, uh, our lives, my wife Julie and myself, our lives were being affected. Our marriage was growing and developing. Uh, we were surrounded by, comparing, by uh, uh, compelling examples. We were being cared for as a couple. We had no children at the time, but we were surrounded by models of family life that were uh, just inspiring to us. And we were thinking, you know if we 're going to have kids lord willing if we 're going to grow as a family, this is the place we want to do that at and so, after much prayer uh, four months uh, he he made that offer in December, <laughs> and I gave him the answer in March. Um, I remember that, but partially because of the nature of the ministry, but as much, if not more because of the effect on our lives as individuals and as a couple. Um, that's what what really tipped us to making that making that decision and so we moved we uh, took over we were already in Maryland um, and then uh, we finished out the internship and then June 1 1988 I, I started in the position same job I've had pretty much for almost 20 years now 19 years Excellent. Yeah, such, uh, thanks such as thanks it is. for telling that story, man. No, it's, it's wonderful. That's too.
1: inspiring. Oh, thank you. I left you. out a lot of details, but it's oh, I'm, it's, I'm inspiring. Sure
0: it's inspiring to remember. It truly is. Yep. I'm very grateful.
1: Just, again, most guys familiar, but I think a good reminder. So how would you, in a few sentences, say this is the, this is the philosophy or the mission statement of Pastor's College? This is what Pastor's College is all about and what we're trying to accomplish. Yeah. I I
0: think the the way I often answer that, the name, of course, the namesake of Spurgeon's Mm -hmm. school, the 19th century institution, uh, really sums it up, pastor's college. So we exist to train pastors, uh, with all that that means scripturally. Uh, So specifically, we exist not to give sort of ongoing theological education, not to train scholars uh, necessarily. We exist to train men for pastoral ministry within the Sovereign Grace family of churches. Um, A a verse that I will bring to this student's attention next week during orientation. It's a verse that will appear on their diplomas when they graduate uh, next June. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.16, Watch your life and doctrine closely. I like that particular translation. Uh, Persevere in them because if you do, you will save both yourself and your hearers. I I think the simplest way to sum up what we do is, is that verse. Uh, training men to watch their lives and watch their doctrine. I think that's probably pretty commonplace within Sovereign Grace, but that's what drives us. So training men to watch their lives, giving close attention to their hearts, to the integrity of their character. Uh, That's critical, as you obviously know. Uh, because the biblical qualifications for pastoral ministry deal first and foremost with character. Pastors are, in the first instance, examples, examples of how Scripture calls Christians to live. Not perfect examples uh, by any means, but faithful ones, hopefully, by the grace of God. And so the program includes a number of facets to cultivate that very thing. Uh, Then on the other side, of course, watch your doctrine. And so... uh, the program provides a broad, uh, intense uh, biblical theological foundation from, uh, as our guys would know, systematic theology to biblical studies, church history, preaching, biblical counseling, uh, pastoral ministry, hermeneutics, apologetics, missions, church planting, marriage, parenting, etc. cetera, uh, New Testament Greek throughout the year, uh, and then specialized training and preaching uh, and so forth, all designed to equip the men to serve faithfully and effectively as pastors. Um, Within that, one of the things that I'll often tell the guys that we're endeavoring to do, I like to say this to them, we're training you to do theological ministry. In other words, ministry that at every point is informed by and governed uh, theologically. We we want them to think theologically. We want them to think about ministry theologically, because all ministry is theological, whether you know it or not. So we want... Our desire is to train guys in ministry where methodology is not an afterthought or it's not a or hopefully not driven pragmatically or, or sociologically, but where all methodology is informed by, undergirded by, governed by, theology and theological convictions. Convictions. We're, we're not unique in that by any means, but it is something where we try to be very intentional about. Yep. So doing that to equip guys to live lives of integrity and godliness as models within the local church and caring for the people of God in the local church and caring for them with the truth of God's Word, which, without which uh, there is no authentic or true pastoral ministry
1: yeah oh excellent okay um, it, you know in the past Sovereign Grace had a lot of dopes like me who had no theological education wish we did uh, but now we've got a lot more guys coming in they have seminary education they have MDivs and so um, what? what do you think PC brings that's unique from seminary and why would even a seminary grad benefit from Pastors College yeah
0: that's that's a great question and, and a much more common question as you as you mention, um, you, you know we've ha- I wish I could bring in a PC grad who had previously come from a seminary. We've we've had graduates who came to the pastor's college having graduated from Trinity, uh, having graduated from Gordon Conwell, having graduated from RTS, having graduated from Southern, uh, uh, and there are others that escape me at the moment. Um, by the grace of God, we've never had a guy say, "You know, this was this was fine, but a bit redundant." Which hadn't done it. Uh, in fact, it's it's always been the opposite. Um, this was invaluable. Uh, I am glad I did this. I'm grateful for this. It was not redundant. It added something important to my training. I, I'm very grateful for that um, because it, it it just sort of confirms it's it's confirming for me uh, that you know, what we're attempting to do is happening. I think those positive experiences are due to a few things. First, our focus on pastoral ministry. All of our courses are given through that lens um, and, and seminaries, I know, would, would probably, you know, most good seminaries would want to do the same thing. So I'm, I'm not claiming that we're unique in that, but we're certainly intentional in that. Many of our pa- instructors are pastors. All of our instructors have a love for pastors. They have a love for the local church, a burden for pastors and the local church. And I just ensure that even when we bring in guest instructors, uh, I don't want merely specialists. Uh, I bring in guys. I want specialists uh, for our for our courses, but I but I ensure that the instructors we bring in, uh, they're gospel men, uh, they're they're Bible men, uh, they're local church men, and they love pastors. And they get. I want them to get us. You know what I mean? Yep. To get Sovereign Grace, but also to get what these guys are going to do. Um, and I'm very grateful for the the, the instructors that we do get in and that have visited us. They've, they've enriched us so much. Now, I do want to say that doesn't necessarily alter the content of a particular course. Uh, you know, we, we don't dumb things down. Uh, we, we don't leave things out. Uh, but it does color its presentation. Uh, it does shape particular application. Uh, we're quite intentional in the courses, I certainly try to do this when I teach, to explore personal and pastoral implications of the courses that we teach. Uh, the instructors themselves model this from uh, speaking of their own experience, speaking of how these doctrines have affected the way they do ministry. Uh, n- not to mention their own personal examples and, and uh, speaking about their own failures, speaking about their own sins, speaking about how they've grown, uh, so so that pastoral lens is very important to us, and it certainly makes the courses. Um, I, I think it makes them particularly relevant to our guys. Uh, secondly, I think the is I mentioned a moment ago that the self conscious emphasis on a guy's life, his marriage, his family. Um, it, it's sad, but it's true. And far too commonplace, I'm afraid, that a guy can excel in, the, in pursuing theological education. He can excel academically. He can gain a ministry c- credential, which an MDiv is... is in many denominations, that's you know that's your ministry credential. He can get that and yet be disqualified in the very things that Scripture sets forth as qualifications for ministry. I mean, good seminaries are obviously aware of that. They they want to address that, uh, which is is wonderful. Given our size and our structure, uh, I think we're able to do that pretty intentionally. Mm-hmm. And. Um, uh, I, I I think guys ex- can experience something here that maybe they haven't experienced outside. In terms of s- some of the things that we, some of the structures that we utilize to uh, to help them watch their life, the, um, the the small group context that they're in once a week uh, with, with with other students, where they're uh, linking arms to encourage each other, pray for each other, help each other grow in godliness, help each other rest in grace, helping each other put to death sin. Um, that they, they're Care groups with their wives, uh, where they're meeting with Gary and Betsy, so they're diving into their marriages, diving into their their families and parenting and, and those kinds of things. The the j- just the atmosphere of of humility and transparency and and the the way in which those intentional relationships just leverage every aspect of the pastors' college. I think it's it's pretty unique. It's certainly unique. Compared to what I experienced mm-hmm. when I was in seminary, and and I had a wonderful seminary experience, uh, would have loved to have come to the pastor's college after coming to seminary. I came to lead it and try to <laughs> try to learn how to lead it. Um, so I, th- I think that that's a, a second aspect. The third thing that that comes to mind, um, and I hope uh, I think this is a part of it too, is the is that the pastor's college is quite intentionally pastoral training in the context of the local church. Uh, The guys are all part of the same local church. They're experiencing a a model, uh, an imperfect model, but, but, but a model on Sundays and throughout the week that's consistent theologically and consistent practically, consistent from a values standpoint with what they're learning in the classroom. They're interacting very closely with the pastors and that's more true now than it's ever been here in Louisville. Uh, being a smaller church, a church plant, uh, and, and then even more broadly um, the pastor's college is informed by, that's another thing about our training that I'll often say, we, we're, it's theological training that's thoroughly informed by our ecclesiology. And so in the acceptance process, I and mean, people don't just come to the pastor's college, they don't say, I've got tuition dollars, can I come? Yeah. Uh, they're sent here from their local churches with some external confirmation of their own internal sense of call some degree of provenness in character, provenness in gifting. Um, Because of that, it greatly affects the kinds of students we get. So, so you don't have someone in class that you're not sure where they are necessarily theologically. A classroom can be a fantastic place to to explore what you believe, et cetera. The pastor's college is not designed for that. Guys are coming with... It's not as if they're not exploring things, not as if they're not sharpening themselves, hammering out their beliefs, um, but it does mean that they they come with a theological... Unity already that enables us to assume a lot mm-hmm. uh, but there's also a character uh, commitment uh, in that as well that just there's guys aren't on different pages they're they're there they're unified they're they're locking arms and and they're pursuing this together um, so I think that strengthens it and even the the other side of the the ecclesiology component, even the deployment of guys into ministry, is also connected to the local church. They don't just leave, you know, produce resumes and, yep. and try to find a job. Although you know God uses that, and uh, but um, there, if they're gonna if they're going to labor within sovereign grace, there there are relationships and structures here that help help a guy uh, to to yep. find where what the next step is for yep. him. So I think all of that goes into. Uh, making the pastor's college not redundant to to a seminary education. The, the last thing I, I would say, uh, it, ju- it just strikes me that there's something about the intensiveness of all of those components together, the character side, the discipleship side, the academic side, the relational side, the local church side. That's a pretty potent Cocktail, yeah. yeah, and and it's it's all it's all so intensively pursued. I mean, these guys when they, they they enter day one classroom full of strangers, they leave at the end of ten months. I mean, they have some of the dearest friends in their lives, and and that uh, leavens them, and that's going to leverage what they do when they leave and how they labor together. So I, I don't know of anything, at least in my experience, that's, that's quite like. That intensive ten months combination of all of that yep. stuff together—that that I think really makes an impact on a guy's yep. life. And, and I think for for sovereign grace, given how intentional we are in—not that other groups aren't, other churches aren't—but you know, we we're very intentional in in the biblical theological values that we hope to characterize our lives and our pastoral teams. That doesn't happen. In a classroom, Um, that can't happen merely through abstract theological education. There's something that happens here that I think impresses those values deep in a guy's soul. Hopefully, in his marriage, hopefully in his in his uh, his family, and in his relationships with other guys. I think that I I think we're sowing into long-term strength. For sovereign grace, long-term unity for sovereign grace <laughs> yep. by what happens here in those ten months.
1: Yep, um, Jeff, excellent. And, and again, just to be absolutely clear, you said this at the beginning: uh, no critique of seminaries. We love seminary oh education. Yeah. benefited, but yes, uh, pastors' college does bring something unique. Okay, couple couple more things.
0: Can I uh, add one, one thing to that? Of course,
1: you can add whatever you because want.
0: Because people say, well, you know, should I pursue seminary after this, or is pastors' college enough? One thing that I, I, I would always want to stress, I mean, because someone could also say, wow, they're only here 10 months. I mean, you know, is is that enough <laughs> training? And I would say, absolutely not. Uh, it, it does cheer me though, because I would also say three years in a seminary. Is that enough? I would say, absolutely not. Um, whether you're a year here, three years in a seminary, I mean, you're just getting the rudiments. You're getting building blocks yeah. for, for a lifetime of reflection. Uh, and, and so, that that helps me to know. Well, they could be here for three years and they still wouldn't have it all. But hopefully, they're getting a foundation. And then to the question, well, should I pursue seminary after this? To to that, I would say absolutely. If you have the means, if you have the opportunity, definitely continue to build. Continue to build on on uh, what what you gain here. When guys come here after seminary, we're building on on what they uh, and hopefully sharpening and, uh-huh. and shaping. Uh, directing maybe what they've already studied, what they've already learned. So, um, yeah, I'm uh, I'm grateful for our friends. Uh, and I have many friends who are yeah. teaching in seminaries, and yep. uh, I'm glad to push guys, to push our guys their way.
1: Good. Good. Okay. Um, without absolutely firmly committing yourself written in stone, uh, tell me some of the things you're thinking about for the future of Pastors College. i uh, got many more bivocational elders, mm-hmm. um, pastors that, that want to take classes uh, just to continue their education. So uh, as you look sure. down the next 20 years or so, what, what are you thinking about how uh, Pastors College will expand, grow?
0: Yes. Yeah, I'd have very little to say about 20 years. Um, <laughs> it's hard for me to see beyond a few years, but I, I, a couple of things that we we certainly want to do, and we're, we're trying to make some strides. It's 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 always a challenge because um, I don't want this to s- sound like a complaint. It's not a complaint, but um, it's just it, it takes resources to leverage what you do to expand what you do. Um, so we want to make the most of of what we have, and so along those lines, I think. First step there, and we've we've done this over the years. We're trying to do it a bit more uh, consistently now. Is making the material that we have here more widely available um, to care for our existing pastors, to care for uh, yes, guys who can't come by vocational uh, elders, uh, but also to be able to uh, people in churches, leaders, emerging leaders could could take courses. And so we're making available our our guest courses. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've made uh, Doug Moo's Roman's course and Sam Storm's uh, pneumatology course available. We're going to continue to do that Good. and even make some of our core courses uh, available Good. as well. Uh, now, part you of that... You should
1: make all of your courses available. Well... That's my recommendation. Well, thank you.
0: Uh, we, we may do that. We, we have things recorded and we even have things... Vid- we, what people wouldn't know, last year we videoed all of our courses. Um, so we, we now have a stock of that. Now... Quality-wise, and so forth, and, you know that some of those are uh, not not yet to be determined. But uh, we we do that was all with a view to doing what I just said. Mm-hmm. We want to make our we want to stew our stuff, make it more available. Um, part of that, more specifically, it's sort of a subset of that, but it's a very particular part of it is provide thinking help thinking through and providing training for bivocational elders who may not have the opportunity to come to the pastor's college. And so there's actually. Project in the works right now uh, of oh, c- coming up with that as, as a package. Um, it, it'll be flexible, um, and it will it will include uh, some combination of things that can be done: distance learning, video, reading assignments, some courses here. I, I would I would always say I would always encourage guys if you haven't come to a course here, come to a course. Um, it's been rare when I've had a pastor do that for the first time, say, okay, I get it now. Um, because when they see the interactions among the class, when they see the interactions between the instructor and the students, when they see how this uh, is nestled within Sovereign Grace churches, the, the Sovereign Grace offices, when they see the connection to local church, they see the elders, the pastors of the church interacting with the guys, it, it just tends to open up. And so uh, we've had. Now we we have an increasing number of this. We had a guy come last March from England who came for two weeks. Uh, And so guys are, I would just suggest that. If you want to Uh send a guy, he could come a few times during the year for a week, maybe two weeks. Do that once. I I think a guy can get a lot from that. But um, so uh, we're wanting to really come alongside our pastors in training their their fellow elders who maybe they're bivocational, maybe they just don't have the chance to come to the pastor's college. I always, there's always a tension here because what I don't want to do is to inadvertently communicate or send a message that, well, the pastor's college is about the information. So if you can get the information another way, then you don't really need to come. Right. Hopefully by some of the things we've alluded to already, and our pastors get this, but um, most of them I think, but... The pastor's college is is it's greater than the sum of its parts, and it's much more than mere. It's not less than the learning. It's not less than the education, but it's much more than that. Yes. And so I, I, we always want to be careful not to sort of send a message, or, 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 or we don't want people assuming. Well, you know, I can take these courses this way. I'm I'm good to go. Um, that can be fine, and that could, could help them in certain. Uh, could help them grow and learn and so forth. It's, it's going to be different than the Pastors College experience, though. Right. So, so we're, we're also trying to look at ways in which we can make that experience more accessible to people, maybe in different formats, um, uh, maybe in pieces, but nonetheless to give people hopefully the, the benefit of, of what all those pieces coming together provide. Yep. Um, so those are, those are some of the main yeah. things. Oh, that would yeah. be great.
1: Um,
0: I've always thought about increasing. I mean, from day one, in fact, as soon as I got the job, I started. Of course, you get a new job. You're thinking, all right, now, <laughs> what do we do? So immediately I wanted to take it to two years. I wanted to take it. I'd love to take it to three years. Do we do our own seminary? That kind of thing. Um, we're a long way from that. I would love that because to do what we're doing, with all the values that inform it, with the connections with local churches that inform it, I would relish the opportunity to spend two years or three years with guys doing what we're doing. Because the Pastors College plays a role in our sort of leadership training mechanism. You know, guys can't come for two or three years. Churches send guys, they want them back. Guys are preparing for a church plant, you know, they can't postpone this. And then, of course, resources are... There's any, you know, uh, wealthy people looking for <laughs> worthwhile things to do with their money. Um, I, I've got some ideas for them. But um, those are sort of big-picture, long-term yeah. things I'd like to do, especially as seminaries continue to suffer. Um, they continue to suffer financially. Um, evangelical seminaries haven't been around that long. They don't have, you know, 200, 300-year-old uh, uh Endowments, endowments, uh, that that keep them going. Um, so it's you know theological education is evolving and so forth. So I think some of what we do is more than just theological education. So I, I think I think we'll have opportunities down the road to continue to leverage what we're doing.
1: Great. Um, yeah, I really was serious, guys. Taking all of your courses. Um, w- one of the um, life changing courses for me at Pastors College was. Uh, preaching. I remember in, I think, 2000, 2001, taking a preaching class, and it was literally life-changing for me. Um, to, can you just briefly explain, because I, I want to really plug for our pastors mm-hmm. to just uh, regularly read about preaching, but perhaps come back, and uh, I'm sure that the classes have grown. Uh, what do we do? Do we do hermeneutics and preaching one and two? What What's what are the preaching classes?
0: Well, there's preaching. There's homiletics one and two. Okay. Homiletics two is really more of an exegesis class. Okay. It's exegesis for preaching. Okay. That's a, a more appropriate name for it.
1: And that's kind of you would think that is a weakness, somewhat. Of well, weakness yeah. In if, grace?
0: Well, I I think it's a gap in our training. Okay. And the reason to which one could say we'll fill the gap, but it's it's a bit of a challenge because. If, or guys, no, you take Greek throughout the pastor Scott's year, and to really do exegesis well, it's good to have that year of Greek under your belt. Um, so it's it's difficult to do uh, to do a thorough job exegetically okay. without having that. So we run into a little bit of a challenge. Okay. Although by the time I do homiletics two, which is exegesis for preaching, guys are they, they do have some tools under their belt already. Uh, they do have some of the language under their belt already. But
1: Homiletics 1 would help everybody.
0: Homiletics 1 would help everyone. Okay. Homiletics 2 would help everyone. Okay. Because we're not basing that.
1: Even without Greek?
0: Even Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely without okay. Greek. Uh, I would love to do a Greek exegesis class. And so that's that's another one of these ideas okay. that we've had forever is bringing guys back who've had their Greek and let's do an exegesis class. Okay. That could be something we do online. But I, I think uh, if you're asking, you know, what should guys consider taking? I, I I think definitely preaching I think most of our pastors probably have taken it um, I think for a preacher uh, someone engaged in preaching regularly it's it's one of those things we always need to be growing in yes uh, we need to be reminded of things um, I mean I, there's a number of pastors who continue to come back and take that course and other courses uh-huh. as well and I think that's I think that's important I think I think that's wise. Not necessarily taking our courses or those particular courses, but you know, as you know, Mickey better than I, I mean, pastoral ministry. It's just so immersive. It, it it's challenging. It's grueling. What and so much of what you do just emerges out of needs. It emerges out of crises. It emerges out of you know exigencies and emergencies and so forth. And so it's just so easy to function reactively. And forget the need to grow to forget things that i 've known in the past to be to be rekindled to, to have passions rekindled as well as information and tools uh, brought out again, sharpened, and so forth so uh, and I hope our guys know they are always welcome. We love having uh, having our pastors come to our courses because it it affects the quality of that course, and it does something to the students because yep. when our guys come back, I always tell them. You are what these guys are hoping to be. Yes. You're pastoring. Yep. And um, so, great. All
1: right. Last thing. uh, Looking back, just Mm. uh, what would you say? What would you say uh, greatest joys and satisfaction um, of being the Dean of Pastors College all of these years? We are very grateful. For you but i I'd, I'd just love to hear from you your heart of what, what's what's just been the greatest joy, greatest satisfactions mm. hard to limit to one, but
0: no well, it is hard to limit to one i but I think the one is 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 pretty easy it's it's the students it's always the men um, it's always the men to see guys. Well, just relationally, um, I am a rich man because I have men all over this country and other parts of the world that I've spent a very special year with, and I've seen God do very special things in their lives, and um, they are they've become lifelong friends, and some of them are very close friends. Um, it It has enriched me. Uh, beyond words, more, more importantly, uh, uh, in, in, to see guys like these men come through who years later are serving churches, uh, to see them leading churches, uh, to see them preaching God's word faithfully, to see them growing in pastoral stature and pastoral influence, to visit a church and preach uh, where a pastor's college student is leading, and that's most of our churches. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it's difficult to articulate what that does to my soul, to look around, to see people whose lives are different because of what God has done in their lives through this local church, to talk to people after the sermon, to hear them tell stories about their pastor, who I knew as a pastor's college student and as a friend, and watch him grow, there is nothing like that. Um, There is nothing like that. So it's always the men, it's always the students um, for me, and uh, in particular uh, just seeing what God does in them and then later through them for His glory. Uh, It's just, it's an, uh, well, unspeakable privilege. That's what it is.
1: Well... On behalf of all of those guys and all the pastors, thank you for good, you what you've contributed and the heart with which you've done it, because that's what really makes the difference. So mm. thank you, my friend. And I don't know how many more years, but um, really look forward to mm. your years of leading us in the pastor's college. So oh, thank you. Thank you.